0: Well, good morning and happy new year. Happy new year. It is 2023. And honestly, I don't know about you, but I feel like 2023 has such a good ring to it. So I am already feeling positive about this year. I hope that you've had some good celebrations already, that you've been welcoming in the new year and that you're feeling good. And before I say anything else this morning, and even if this is just the only thing that you remember, I want to say that God has some incredible plans for you in 2023. The Bible says that God has plans for us that are good and for his glory. So if that's the only thing you remember this morning, then please do hold on to that. I'm Joel, I'm an intern here at STC and it is such a privilege to be sharing with you this morning. I'm going to take us into the Word, hopefully for about 15 minutes or so. Um, I really wish that I could see all your faces this morning. Do you know, when I was a kid and I was watching CBBS or CBC, I really thought like the TV presenters could see me. So I would jump in, I would speak to them, I would dance with the songs. So sorry if I crush any dreams, but I can't see you this morning. So if you're sat there in your pyjamas, don't worry, you're safe. You are safe. Um, I'm going to take us into the Bible, but first... I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you reign. Lord, thank you that you are the God of 2023 and the God of the Bible. Lord, we love you. Speak into our hearts this morning and use this time for your glory, I pray. Amen. Well, we're going to have a look at Matthew chapter 2 this morning. So if you've got a physical Bible, please do join me and read along. And if you don't have a physical Bible, the words should appear on the screen. So Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a beautiful story it is. And I don't know about you, but for me, it really does still just conjure up memories of childhood nativity plays. We had a fantastic nativity here over Christmas. It was such a joy to witness that. And it really is a throwback for me for those days in primary school, in assemblies or in church as a kid, where I'd always want to be Joseph, or if I couldn't be Joseph, I'd want to be a king. And every time I was a shepherd with a tea towel on my head, every time. And so this is a touchy subject for me, um, but I'm hoping that's not going to affect things too much today. Um, I firstly, what I want to do is I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had an unexpected visitor turn up to an event that you are hosting? Have you ever had a knock at the door from someone you just didn't think you were going to see? I know that sometimes if you get a knock at the door from a police officer, that's quite a disturbing thing, and you just start to panic. Or maybe you've just hosted an event, and somebody, maybe they've brought a plus one that you were kind of hoping wasn't going to turn up. Or somebody who you haven't invited has come along. Well, for me... I think my main example of that was during the Zoom era, as I like to refer to it. And I was leading a a Zoom call for Christian Union freshers for first years at the University of Sheffield. And we were a few weeks into term, so we'd been starting to get to know each other on this call and it was a lot of fun. And then on one of the nights of this call, somebody joined with their camera off with a name that I didn't recognize, which I just was a bit surprised by because I knew everyone who was meant to be a part of this call and this name, I didn't recognize it. Um, And so I tried speaking to them, welcoming them in and they were on mute, so I got nothing back. So that was a bit awkward. I was messaging my co-leader. Do you know who this person is? No, neither do I. We were starting to panic. A few minutes into this call, they then turn the camera on, and on this Zoom call for freshers at the University of Sheffield appear this middle aged Indian couple. And that was a slightly panicking moment for me. I didn't quite know what was going on. Um, and I just uh, I started speaking to them. And as it turned out, they were just the most wonderful and faithful people. And they became really treasured friends of mine over the course of that year. But in that moment where they turned the camera on and I had that name on, I, I was worried. They were very much an unexpected visitor to that Zoom call. And on a similar line, I really think that this passage says a lot into people who are unexpected visitors to Jesus. Because I think that the magi, the magi, by the way, just means astronomers, really. People who studied the stars by day or by night, probably. Um, So they're just, they're astronomers. And I've, I've got a few reasons why I think that they were an unexpected visitor to Jesus, One of the reasons why I think they're an unexpected visitor to Jesus is that the Magi were Gentiles and not Jews. They were Gentiles, not Jews. Now, the Bible uses the word Gentile to describe anyone who isn't a Jew, anyone who's not of that origin, not of that background. And the Magi, it says in this passage, they were from the East. So they certainly were not Jews, and they were Gentiles. Now, this is quite a surprise because there was a lot of belief at this time that when God came to rescue his people, it would be to rescue Israel. It would be to rescue the Jewish nation. And yet, about two years old, you've got these people coming to worship Jesus who are not Jews, and they are, in fact, Gentiles As we look at the rest of Jesus's life, and certainly into the book of Acts, we see that actually bit by bit, it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer that Jesus came for all, for all people, not just the Jews, not just those who were expected, but Jesus came for all. And I think that that is a fascinating lesson about who we can expect to come to Jesus, and often we should be expecting the unexpected. There's a second reason why I think the Magi were an unexpected visitor to Jesus, and that's because ultimately the Magi were quite successful. They were wealthy people. They were successful in their career. They were intelligent. At surface level, at least, they had a fantastic life. They didn't have any need for a saviour, certainly not judged on their life at a material level. And yet, if you picture the scene, you've got these astronomers, these wealthy people coming to bow at the feet of a baby. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that these people whose life seems so good, seems just, they've got a great life, they're living the dream in so many ways. Yet they have come to bow at the feet of a baby. It's unexpected. It doesn't make sense. And there's a third way as well in which I think the Magi really show that they were an unexpected visitor to Jesus. As I've said, in this passage, it says the Magi came from the east. We don't know exactly where that was, but there's a lot of estimations that was probably about 700 miles from where Jesus was born. This was a long, long distance. The Magi were so far from Jesus, yet they still made that journey. You would not expect these people to be making a journey of such great lengths to come and see Jesus It was unexpected that they would come. And from that place, I really think that the Lord has a message he wants to give to us at the start of this new year. Because I think, just like the Magi were unexpected people to come and worship Jesus, I think we are surrounded by people who we don't expect to come and worship Jesus, we are surrounded by people that we rule out from ever coming to worship. Jesus, maybe it's a conscious thing, maybe it's subconscious. I think we rule people out from coming to worship Jesus because of their background, or their ethnicity, their nationality, because they seem so different to us. Just like the Magi seems so different to the Jews and to those from Israel, we are surrounded by people who are so different to us. And as a result, we seem to assume that actually they're not the people that maybe we could be showing the light of God to. They're not the people who would come to church because actually there aren't that many people like them in church. Church is for a particular kind of person and maybe they don't fit that category. Or again, similar to the Magi, I think we rule people out from coming to worship Jesus because, to be honest, their lives look pretty good. They've got everything they want. Maybe they've got a good family. They've got a big house. They've got everything that you could ever want. And we think that because of that, there's no way they would ever come and worship a saviour. Surely they don't need one. Well, actually, I think there's something really fascinating about people in this category. It's often the people who actually have everything that they always thought they would need that realise there must be something more to life. Because as they find themselves at a stage of life where they've got all the money they could ever dream of, they've got the family they wanted, everything about their lifestyle looks like they would have dreamt it. But actually, still, they are not satisfied. Still, they're not happy. Still, they find themselves longing for something more. Yet we rule them out from needing a saviour because we assume that those whose lives look perfect would never come and worship Jesus. Well, I think just as the magi looked like they had a fantastic life at surface level... They were aware that there must be something deeper going on, something greater. They saw the star and they followed it because they were ready for something greater in life. And on that third note as well, there is a fascinating thing with people who we just see them as being so far from Jesus. And that might not be geographically, but it might be in the way that they live, their behavior, the way they speak. Maybe they're living their life in such a way that we look at them and we think, there is no way you would ever come and worship Jesus. There is no way you would ever become a Christian. Well, in the same way that the Magi traveled 700 miles to come and worship Jesus, I truly believe that this morning, the start of this year, the Lord wants to remind us that there is nobody who is too far from the love of God who can't come and meet Jesus. So my challenge for you this morning, my question is this year, how can you show the love of God to those people who we don't ordinarily expect to come to church, to come and worship Jesus? How can you love them How can you share the gospel with them? There's one final thing that I want to touch on this morning, and this is a famous story of the Bible, and it's the story of a guy called Paul. Now, Paul, by most people's standards, was as far as you could possibly be from worshipping Jesus he literally went round on the day-to-day, killing Christians, abusing Christians, torturing Christians. He was as far as you could possibly get from worshipping Jesus. And yet, he had an incredible encounter with the living God. And I want to write some wor- read some words that he wrote when he, after he encountered the Lord This guy who went round killing Christians, he later went on to write these words. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you that there is nobody who is too far from you, that they cannot have their lives transformed by the Lord of all creation. Lord, thank you that your love for every single one of us is so deep, that you long for us to come into a relationship with you, no matter what we've done, no matter where we're at or what our lives look like. Lord, you long for us to come and worship you. So Lord, I pray that you will help us in 2023 to share your love with all those around us. No matter how unlikely we think it is that someone may come and worship Jesus, may we love them like you love them. Amen.